0: All right, welcome everybody to the fourth episode of our podcast, Out of Our League, Opinions from the Bleachers. We are two guys who peaked in intramurals, giving hot takes on sports that we cannot play ourselves. I'm Greg. And I'm David. And today we're going to be talking about uh, some actual sports news again. We're going to be talking about our personal opinions on the only teams that we care about in the NBA as far as the draft lands. And... (laughs) Of all things in the world, we're going to talk about the most American thing that we can think of eating competitively on the 4th of July.
1: Heck yeah. So this past week, Greg, happy July 4th, by the way. Happy July 4th to you as well. It was one of the greatest sporting events that happens every year, once a year on July 4th.
0: The most American of all sports, if you want to call it that, sure.
1: Heck yeah, witnessing one of the greatest champions in sports (laughs) history, Joey Chestnut, do what he does best.
0: Eating his 1000th career hot dog. In competition. In competition. Uh, Yeah, Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo continued their reign of dominance within the Nathan's hot dog contest. Joey Chestnut took out 75 wieners and buns in 10 minutes.
1: Five in ten. That is absurd.
0: It's disgusting, is what it is. Uh, I will say, brief side note I always was told that they were frozen or like half frozen, like not cooked hot dogs, which made that twice as disgusting. But uh, he was quoted as saying they were cooked really well this year. So at least we know.
1: That's right. In his post game, he talked about how they were like hotter this year and then yeah. they were inside for off, of, off of COVID. And so yeah. he said that helped a little bit. But I think I watched it. I don't know if you, I don't think you watched it, right?
0: No, I did not actually. I watched the replay, but I did not watch it live.
1: Watching it live, he dips like at like minute six. Like he was eating like almost twelve dogs a minute, like half the competition.
0: Actually, that's exactly right. He ate twelve hot dogs in the first minute. He started slowing down around minute five or six.
1: He was at like I think he was at forty five, <laughs> on pace for ninety, halfway yeah. in. Yeah. And then he totally like dove. I think I think he said he really missed the fans being there to push him through the middle.
0: Okay, I'm I'm just gonna say it. Second place, uh, Darren Breeden had 42. (laughs) The man could have literally eaten for four or five minutes and just stopped and still
1: won. Well, listen, which is insane. Joey Joey Chestnut is competing against history, Greg. Not these other competitors. (laughs) They will be lost in time, but Chestnut will stand tall. He,
0: he will. We will always remember Joey Chestnut, even his 2015 loss, which I still say is just the most random thing in the world. It doesn't know, make right? a lot of sense.
1: He had like, what is I think it's like, I think it's eight in a row, and then he had like a random loss.
0: Yeah, and then he came right back. I mean, it's the, the man is an absolute legend of eating, which once again is only an American statement. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, but something I will say, I did look into Joey Chestnut as a concept, starting with his appearance on Man vs. Food a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it so for people that didn't watch that excellent show, <laughs> essentially, uh, the host, drawing a blank on his name, we'll hit it later, would uh go into a certain city and talk about different delicacies of the city, like maybe eat a little bit of it, and then do some kind of challenge at the end. And the second one that he introduced from Joey's hometown, it was a 17 and a half inch burrito challenge, it was five pounds, and they had so many minutes to eat it, it was like 10, 15, 20 something. Joey. Shows up out of the crowd and takes the whole damn thing down in three minutes and change, Oh my God. which is just it, it, like honestly, you don't even see the man chew. It literally looks like he starts one end and just shoves it into his mouth, and it just goes away.
1: It's wild and it's, it's hard to watch, but it is like if you're it gonna is watch, so it, to watch. <laughs> if you're gonna watch it, Joey Chestnut is the man to watch.
0: It, that's true. He is, uh, and I, this is this is a sentence I I didn't know existed, but um, he is the number one. Rated athlete in major league eating.
1: That's right. The uh, MLE, baby.
0: <laughs> the MLE. <laughs> uh, also, a side note that I just found out Mickey Sudo's boyfriend, Nick Wary, I believe, is the number eight competitor in the world in the WLE. And he came in third in this year's Nathan's contest with 39 and a half hot dogs eaten. That's wild. Uh, it's, it's just impressive, which it makes sense if you're going to date somebody and you're a WLE <laughs> athlete, you, you, athlete, you need to be dating someone else in that group because otherwise you're just an asshole at dinner. Well, <laughs> I
1: imagine – I don't know how the rankings are in the MLE. I, I, I would imagine it compares to years ago when Tiger was in his prime. There were months <laughs> at a time where Phil Mickelson was number two and mm-hmm. on however the PGA ranks them. He was actually closer ranked to the 1000th golfer than he was to Tiger Woods at one. Yeah. I imagine that that's the same reign Joey Chesnais is It's just a enjoys. massive
0: gap. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, when Tiger got hurt and then had his scandal and he was out of the game for like, you know, however Years. long it was, a year, year or two, uh, it actually took the golfers like that long to, <laughs> to catch up. up to where he was. Yeah, it was very impressive. But yeah, uh, once again, I don't really want to get too far into it because, frankly, it turns my stomach. But, I mean, good for Chestnut for kicking ass. I mean, he was quoted as saying he wasn't going to stop until he reached 70 a few years ago, and now Heck he hits yeah. 75. So, I mean.
1: Well, I want to bring up one more thing. And the, really, the entire show is really not Chestnut. Chestnut is a secondary character. But the announcer that announces mm. the 4th mm-hmm. of July and it's food, hot dog eating contest mm-hmm. is, like, the absolute best announcer. I don't know how he has have a show where he calls every single sporting event like Joy, Joy, Joy Testator for uh proli yep. bully. Yep. But I wanna I wanna read off a couple of the things that I don't know his <laughs> name that he referred to Chestnut Ave as, as in his intro. I will say,
0: as far as remembering names, we are just killing it to start this out. We well, you know, <laughs> it sounds like we I'm not really
1: it. big in the MLE game. <laughs> <and I'm not laughs> Maybe we need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watch it once a year. I think that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good enough.
1: But no, so he referred to Joyce Chestnut as a couple of things here. He referred to him as a beacon of certainty in a time of uncertainty. He referred to him as a citadel of light over a silent sea that has been 2020. And finally, my favorite one, he said, until the earth is dust and stone, until the last echo of the dry thunder of time collapse he will fight on for America. (laughs) That guy loves his job, (laughs) and he makes the Fourth of July. Absolutely amazing.
0: Uh, (laughs) I usually don't lose it like that, but okay, yeah. uh, Joey Chestnut Eats for America. uh, (laughs) uh, I did want to just read out really quickly just some of the most ridiculous WLE competitions that happened throughout the year and some of Joey's records within those competitions. Did you know that the man ate 30 euros in 10 minutes uh, in Houston, Texas in 2016. That's Uh, uh, disgusting. Yeah. 32 and a half grilled cheeses in 10 minutes. And uh, I think my favorite one, where did it go? Jalapeno poppers. 118 jalapeno poppers in 10 minutes. All I'm saying, your stomach would die from (laughs) (laughs) from eating 118 (laughs) over the course of a week. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how he does it, man. I mean, I know, I know his, his training regimen is ridiculous and very unique. But
1: I will say, I had two of my favorite fun facts that I found on Joey Chestnut. Mm. Mm. His first one was he's also eaten 126 tacos in eight <laughs> minutes, which was is that the, was that the Taco Bell
0: challenge or was that something separate?
1: It was a separate one because he also Taco <laughs> Bell challenge. My other favorite one, and this is the one that really makes me like want to throw up yeah 28 pounds of poutine in 10 <laughs> minutes that is okay, the grossest yeah. thing ever
0: yep yep I'm, I'm all right good on joey thank you for representing thank <laughs> you for representing right. america i think uh that's right that's, that's just where i'm gonna leave this i'm, I'm absolutely <laughs>
1: Week two, Greg, have actual sports news.
0: Oh, my God. I'm
1: actual so happy. sports
0: to talk about, even though it's not necessarily sports happening on the court-slash-field. There are things happening in the world, and we get to talk about it today.
1: That's right. I want to go ahead. I want to start off first with the main news that every single sports show and podcast and radio show and Twitter has talked about. Mahomes is every,
0: every, every big deal.
1: Oh, my gosh. Every armchair <laughs> quarterback is over here. Tearing apart my homes, tearing apart the Chiefs. All I'm saying is, if you put a deal in front of me that says, "Hey, David, I'll give you 504 million dollars over the next 12 years," and you tell me it's a bad deal, I'm not buying it. <laughs> if you
0: look at me, if you look at me in my situation, and say, Greg, I'll give you hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm taking it, man. What are you talking about? 503 million dollars over the course of 10 years. That is just mind-boggling. Numbers. Now, granted, I did look into this. Now, it, and I'm not going to get too far into it because, like, the NFL contracts are, are weird in and of itself.
1: They are. But they're very different than other sports.
0: Did you see that it's a 117 page document?
1: Oh, yeah. If you're going to go, I mean, if you're past that much money, I can only imagine that it has to. Yeah, be. It,
0: it takes a while. But, and the thing that I haven't quite figured out yet because they're still releasing data on it every single day yep. is how much this counts against the cap the guarantee mechanisms that are a part of his contract are really strange. They're basically paying him two years in advance every single year.
1: That's right. So, they're paying him. I think it's smart. They're paying him, and they're basically going to pay him a lot at the end, and they're yep. telling him, we are going to hope in like a seven-year run that we get Super Bowls out of that, and that yep. w- and then when the team falls apart, basically when the team around him ages out is when yep. we'll say, uh, we're paying for it in the van. You know what I mean? Like, yep, and I yep. totally get that. As a team, I follow a lot of teams that don't win any championships. And if they were to win <laughs> one championship over a 10-year stretch, they, that would be the decade and then some that I would be like, worth it, whatever you did to get there, totally worth the payment.
0: Buddy, I've already said on record that if the Falcons win one in my lifetime, I will be satisfied. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> but no, it's, so I was just looking at it. It's, you know, the NFL's weird. They, when they say contract numbers, they're really talking about with incentives, right. like this is the maximum amount of money. This isn't like the MLB where when they say you're making a hundred million dollars, that's your guaranteed. Some of his incentives, like I think twenty five million of it is uh, for winning AFC championships and Super Bowls. That's right. So and if is- he, if they were to win for the next like ten years straight, then he would get that full money. But I don't care, man. They were like I saw a stat that Andrew Luck uh, signed the Super deal before he retired. That was like hundred and forty mil or something like that. They said that Patrick Mahomes is going to make that by March, which yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just insane. And honestly, good for him.
1: Well, they had, They I, said – well, go ahead.
0: No, no. It's like, how do, how do you hate the guy for this? Like, you know, it, you signed you know,
1: a massive deal. It can be argued that it's actually a fairly team-friendly deal. I mean, I would say it's pretty fair on both sides because I heard a stat earlier this week that 12 years ago, which would be when his contract is up, and now Grant, his contract will likely be reworked and redone. No and doubt. They'll work with it over the time. Which there's no way this is going to hold up, especially in football. Who knows what's going to happen? But nope. 12 years ago, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre were the top paid quarterbacks, and they were mm-hmm. making around $12 million. So mm-hmm. you fast-forward 12 years, we're $20 million up, we're at right, about $30 million. His yep. deal ends around $50 million. I think it peaks to sixty. So, I yep. mean, to me, it's built in well. I will say, pre-tax, and if you include the incentives, Patrick Mahomes is making $8.5 every minute. I every just admit he's alive. Whoo. <laughs> I found I found one stat that tops that is that Jeff Bezos is going to make the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' contract every 3 days.
0: Holy crap, man. Yeah, keep buying Amazon everybody. <laughs>
1: it's absurd. It's absurd. Oh, excuse me. I missed the I missed the quote. It's he's going to make Patrick Mahomes' contract every 36 hours.
0: Oh, yeah. So yeah, everybody keep ordering Amazon, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's keep wild. it going. Uh, no, so I guess the, the argument that I'm hearing and the argument that I go back and forth on is, was this smart for either side, right? You know, so is it, is it smart to commit to a quarterback for actually in reality, it's 12 years because he still it has is, two yeah. years left on
1: his a 10 year extension from his two year. Right. Yeah.
0: And he still needs to get through that before, you know, we start talking about this. Now, granted his signing bonus and everything else, he's going to start making bank in like, you know, days,
1: all the commercials but, and everything.
0: Oh my gosh. But I, I go back and forth, right? I actually thought that Patrick ran more as a quarterback because I, you know how I feel about running quarterbacks—like they get hurt. It is what it yep. is. Dude only pulled down like 270-ish yards in his, MB, in his MVP season running. He averages like four or five scrambles a game. That's not bad. Like you know, he's, the guy's got a cannon of an arm.
1: So I mean, it, he, he's very much—he's way closer to like Aaron Rodgers running than he is to an actual running quarterback.
0: So like a Lamar Jackson, for example. Oh Absolutely. yeah. The, the, the interesting thing is that unlike Aaron Rodgers, that don't get me wrong, he's athletic. Pat's got this just level of athleticism that he can tap into when he wants it. That's just incredible. But he doesn't use it. He doesn't need it because he can just chuck, he can just chuck it 60, 70 yards from his knees. I, I completely understand from Kansas city's uh, perspective. I think it's a slam dunk for the, for the organization. Because you're locking in your quarterback before they have a chance to uh the quarterback market to get bigger and bigger and bigger then they can use that as leverage later on I think you know you're nailing down a quarterback who's not even is he twenty five at this point
1: or I want to say he's twenty five already
0: so you know but he's already got the MVP he's already got the Super Bowl ring he's already got the Super Bowl MVP he's not even on the other side of 25 yet oh yeah uh, this is a slam dunk decision by them and uh, honestly the only thing that you would really worry about is injuries, right? Like if he gets hurt and like starts turning into an Andrew Luck and he's hurt every single year.
1: I would but say I, I think it's a good deal. I think that it's a good deal for the team because it's likely that it's, a, for one, it's a show of good faith. We're saying two years out, I'm already going to say, we're committing to you as quarterback. We're going to get you the money. Don't yep. worry. Here's in paper. You're at least going to get this money. But it's really a more of a show of like, we want you here the whole way to the end. And are, I think it's a good deal for Mahomes. But I think they could have lost – I think that the Chiefs could have lost him because he – I mean, the, the team is – they had, I think they had like $14 in cap room, roughly, yeah, at the start of the no, offseason. And there was yeah. no way they were going to be able to re-sign him with all the talent they have on there.
0: Well, I, I always expected it to be the opposite. I figured they would sign him to a mega deal and just not have the money to pay the team around him, you know, and just pray to God they get rookies and people to step in and be able to handle it. But, no, I, I mean, for him, like, you know, the only thing I was worried about with him was the losing his leverage in, in deals, right? You know, if you're already signed out for 12 years and the quarterback market starts going up, you know, you lose that. I will say, weirdly enough, I don't think this is resetting the market. I think this deal is so outlandish and so yeah. un, un, unapplicable to anybody else in the
1: league. I think uh, – th- yeah, I think you're right. I think it's too big and everyone – that I've heard at least. And from what I, whenever I watch him, you sit there and go, wow, he's like, that guy is really, really like, could be the best one if he just keeps to winning. Mm hmm. He's I mean, really like- good.
0: He, he had me, he had me sold. I mean, you know, winning an MVP is fantastic, obviously like that. You you got to be a fantastic athlete to win the MVP. He had me sold at that one play in the playoffs last year, when it looked like he was going to run out of bounds yep. and just fakes it in for a touchdown. I'm like this dude, he, he, like I said, 70 yards from his knees, he can pull something like that. He can throw his no look passes. You know, he he's, he's the real deal, man. So I I think it's great. <laughs> Good for him. Good for Kansas City. Heck, man, <laughs> go, go, go get your Super Bowls. I mean,
1: that, that's. I think, I think it's a great deal. I, I think so for sure.
0: I mean, like, outside of the fact that the Buffalo Bills are going to be taking the money away from him this year, so he won't get a Super Bowl incentive that year. <laughs> but other than that, man, like, you know, <laughs>
1: good, good for him. <laughs> I'm going to move past that on yeah, to the next, the next bit of news. <laughs> and there is a bigger piece of news, but I want to get into just for a minute. Bradley Beal is not coming to the Wizards restart and mm-hmm. I don't blame them they said it was for an injury I'm not buying it but I don't blame them when <laughs> i coming back the the lottery odds are already set I'm just sad because the Washington Wizards are effectively bringing one and a half NBA caliber players to this yeah. thing
0: accurate accurate I wonder if John Wall wasn't hurt if Bradley Beal would have not been hurt Is the best way for me to say that like if, know, they act- if they were at full strength do you think Beal would have powered through
1: there's a rumor going around that uh, the GM quoted is quoted as saying that Wall was in shape, like basketball shape, when the season ended and that he fell out of it when the quarantine started and now he can't come back because of that. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man. Like, you've been off for so long. you got to help. As a Wizards fan, I want to see you come back. Like, we have so much money invested in him that, like, all I can do now is hope he comes back and lives up to 80% of what he was, which is unlikely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did see that they're five and a half games behind Orlando. Well,
1: they just uh, need even to even it to four, though. They only need to get right. And that's true. That's true to, that that true, to
0: get that to get their play. But still, like you're talking, you still need Orlando to lose like four games.
1: Well, I was yeah. getting excited because the Nets. I'm not sure if you've heard this. Are mm-hmm. losing people like flies? Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah, dropping like crazy. And it, they have. I honestly, are you surprised though? Like you know, you've got so many outside factors going into this you got the, you got like, you know, people have their wives, people have their kids, you know, I don't know about that side caveat that, you know, a player themselves may be more like susceptible to COVID. I, I, you know, these are all like elite athletes. I don't really know how that works, but like, I totally get it on a lot of fronts, but I'm not surprised people are dropping out, man. Yeah.
1: I almost, it almost makes you think that they should have done almost a 14 turn like this, the top two seeds from each conference. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's so difficult. I really hope it happens every day. I get more skeptical. It's going to happen, but I really hope they are able to pull it out.
0: Oh, it's, Oh, I, I have no doubt that this is happening. The fact that they're doing this entire bit with the bubble and everything else, I think it's happening. I think it's gonna be Uh, great if it does. I think the, I think the NFL on the other hand is going to go like four games deep and then just cancel because everyone's going to be going insane.
1: Well, I've heard that uh, the the NFL and the NHL have both not handled As well as the NBA has. Like it really feels like to me, no, I'm biased. I'm an NBA fan, and the whole league. But the NBA stopped first, and they were late to stop, but they stopped the first league to stop in America. And then they made a plan and said, We're gonna come back July 31st. And the rest of the leagues are like, Oh, the NBA's coming back? That means it's safe to come back. We're coming back.
0: But they didn't do plan. They did none of the planning. And that, you know. Uh, now, granted, don't uh, give the NFL some credit, man. They might be letting their players tackle each other for three or four hours, but they're not allowed to exchange jerseys at the end of the game. So we are stopping COVID.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, Greg. They're allowed. They don't have to wear a mask when they're yeah. working out at, nope. at, at in the in the facility.
0: Nope. like you know it's i hear these things i'm like okay so we're gonna literally let these guys like dive on top of each other for four hours but you're not gonna let them walk up and exchange jerseys at the end of the day like
1: makes no sense i I
0: know i know what you're kind of getting at it's like you know you have to tackle to play football you don't have to do this but at that point come on man like you know the plans are crap and like but at the same time if you put me in charge of it it would be worse i'm not gonna lie like i'm not gonna (laughs) pretend like i know what i'm doing
1: you Um, know but our, our last bit of news for the week greg is that the college football playoff is now essentially an SEC tournament, thanks to the Big Ten going <laughs> conference only.
0: It's not just the Big Ten at this point. I have a bad feeling they're all going to do it. And I, it's
1: at least in the spring. College football has way more obstacles than the NFL does.
0: Of course they do, uh, especially with Clemson pulling down mid-30s and uh, immediately in COVID. Now, speaking of Clemson, by the way, if we go, <laughs> if we go single conference only – how in the world can you justify a Clemson going to the to? You, you can't. You can't justify them going to the playoffs, playing UNC and Duke and Wake Forest when you have Alabama, Georgia, you know all like, all these teams kicking the crap out of each other. Well, and I mean,
1: and you- we're being honest. I have I'm I'm coming with the SEC bias here. SEC sure. on the the best network, the best conference, the best day of the week. They, they come in with the Big Ten. Ohio. Everyone, it's a big race every year, and then Ohio State goes undefeated, and then you got the ACC, which is a joke except for Clemson, who's absolutely a powerhouse. And then um, you have the SEC, which has a couple of teams in play usually, Mm -hmm. and then that's the big three conferences that have made the playoffs ever. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just like I don't know how Clemson is able to just skate by without playing anybody. I feel bad.
0: It felt better when it was – when Florida State still had Jimbo and they actually were a decent little powerhouse in and of themselves. It did. I mean, they won a championship with Jameis Winston, for God's sakes. I mean, like, that in and of itself, you know. And they uh, had – before uh,
1: uh, UNC got hit by all the uh, regulations, too.
0: Yeah, they were looking better, but no, like at least there were two teams to battle it out and like try to make it legitimate. At this point, it's Clemson is straight up like, and and we we've seen they can compete. They have national championships under their belt. Yep, we know they can, but it's not
1: fair. You, it's, just, you, it's just unfortunate, like because you're right. The ACC has been up in other years. Talk about Virginia Tech has been ranked. Wake Forest and Duke have both made little runs in different years. UNC yep. has been ranked. It's just unfortunate and Florida State, obviously. As horrible yeah. as they are. It's just unfortunate that Clemson just runs through. And they, they're good, which makes it worse. Because now they walk through and then you're like questioning their entire organization. And they come in and win. And you're like, ah.
0: And it's it, because they're healthy, man. They're not having to play anybody. <laughs> but also, uh, little known fact. Actually, it's not a little known fact. But I just learned this and relearned it and made myself happy. Uh, that Matt Ryan led Boston College when he was in the ACC to a number oh, yeah. two BCS ranking. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it, they didn't do anything after that. But uh, yeah, it is nice. It is, the ACC has these like little flare-ups every now and then. It just seems like Dabo is making a program, and he's making NFL-ready players out of this yeah, program. So it's it's not they're not illegitimate. It's just if you're literally looking at conference powerhouses, if you're if you look at the strength of schedule within conferences, the ACC is a joke. And, and it's by design. They, whenever everyone was jumping ship and going to different conferences a few years ago, the ACC built a basketball conference.
1: Yeah, they did. And,
0: and that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted a UNC. They wanted Duke. They brought in Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame's still unaffiliated in conferences in football yep. for some reason. I mean, you know, they they brought in uh, uh, as many powerhouse teams as they could. That made football suffer. They just and granted, Clemson is generally not very good at all at basketball. So. It's just the way it works out. But, yeah, you're entirely right. I mean, we're looking at a really, really, uh, really prime opportunity for the SEC to just dump all four teams in and move on.
1: This will be finally the year where UF, being the third best SEC team, could finally get in the (laughs) playoff. Yeah, look at that. Okay, Greg, now it's time for a topic that I don't think you ever thought you'd be talking about. We're going to do a little bit of a dive into the NBA draft, just for the two teams we care about. All right. We're going to do Golden State, which is a very interesting draft pick this year. Their (laughs) whole situation of being hurt, and now they're going to come back with the number one odds for sure. No doubt. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, the Wizards coming in at a firm ninth pick overall projected. (laughs) Just enough to not be the playoffs and just enough to get no one interesting.
0: Yeah, uh it's this is a fascinating draft for Golden State uh mainly because they are a championship caliber team on any other year with the roster that they have but somehow some way because of this the worst injury luck in the world plus Kevin Durant, you know, yep. doing what he did. Uh they're somehow in line for the top pick in the draft, which I just find fascinating.
1: Well, you know, I um, almost I almost feel bad for Golden State because like of all the drafts for it to happen, like this draft is not a strong draft. Like, there's a good chance that of the top ten prospects, like one is actually a star, and and no one knows who's going to be.
0: Uh huh. Especially considering we didn't even get a chance to see these college kids get all the way through March Madness, which is kind of where people will build up their resumes, right? Like, you know, it's really
1: where they make their name brand come out.
0: If you show up and you hit a game-winning shot in the final four. That boosts you, but right oh, now yeah. we are running off. Hey, I'm just saying, Wiseman looks so much smarter for quitting now because we, we have just as much game tape on him as almost anybody else at this point.
1: And you have but, the first wave this year of guys who are like, you know what? I'm not going to go to college. I'm going go to go international. We have Hampton is over in the Australian league. We got Lamelo Ball in I think <laughs> what league he's in the and, and the Netherlands. I think. So yeah. I mean, we have people off and they're saying, I don't want to be in the college pipeline, basically, and I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm so against the one and done rule as a concept because there are so many athletes out in the world that need that college grooming, that need the education, that need, you know, they're fighting for these scholarships and they intend to at least stay three years versus the guys that know they don't want to be in college. I'm looking at you, Kentucky. You've been making a career off of this for years. That's right. Calipari. But, you know, pulling in these guys who are like, I just want to go to the NBA, but I have to spend a year in college, so we're eating up scholarships that way. Dude, let them go. Like, let them go international. Let them go to the league for all I care. Make a D-League or something that they can go to. Let them make their money early. But, like, save those scholarships for the kids that actually need the grooming or need, you know, whatever.
1: Well, you know, they've made um, the G-League, which it used to be called the D-League, the developmental league. Now it's the Gatorade League but
0: they have <laughs> well, because they had to sell the rights to somebody to of make course money.
1: right but right. no they've created i don't know if you've heard about this they've created it's basically a scholarship but it's for the g league mm-hmm. so g league payers, players get paid like nothing pretty much yeah. they've created a system where if you're a high school top prospect they're going to give out five of these pathway things you heard about mm-hmm. this uh is it they make like 125k a year is that right They make $500,000 a year. Holy crap. They're in it for one year. They get their education paid for later on. They get to be with NBA coaches. They get to experience an actual NBA system. It's really great. I mean, I I think it's like a really, really good alternative to being able to go artificially, not being able to go to the league. This is a good opportunity to go.
0: I think it's perfect. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Also the two, like, okay. Of the, Few generational stars that we have had in our lifetime, right? Yep. Kobe Bryant, yeah, did not go to college. Nope. LeBron James did not go to college. You know, it, it's clear that the guys that they're there, there's just a level of talent that exists in this league that you, you don't need the grooming. So why? I love this. I love drop them straight in the league, man. If I they think, if I, they I, if I, they phase I, out, they phase out. But that's what they wanted to do.
1: I think you should definitely give them the opportunity. I think if you, I mean. Of course, the whole thing is the NCAA really is losing the money here because this is not like football where you need to physically mature to 23 or three years in, whatever it is. Sure. But the uh, – I don't know. It's all – I don't know why the NBA does it because um, now they're doing the G League thing, which is just a workaround, when all they could do is lower the age and let them back in at 17 instead of 19.
0: Sure. Uh, my response to the NCAA losing money is boo-freaking-who. Well, the NCAA – I do not – care about They're first of all they're not-for-profit organization to begin with oh yeah but but second of all the amount of money that they make off these athletes that can't make a dime on their own likeness until they go pro dude go cry me a river that you lost some money on lebron james never going to texas for a year sorry that's a whole other topic that i'll bring up on another week whenever we have an hour for me just to rant about how much i hate the college athlete system
1: we could definitely i we could definitely get into that Oh, because yeah. I got a lot to say about that also. Oh, you know, yeah. Greg, give me your 2020. Let's say the Warriors keep the number one overall pick. They can choose any prospect. Who mm. you got the Warriors taken to boost? There's Steph, Clay, legendary Andrew Wiggins leading the team, and Draymond oh. Green starting a lineup.
0: Oh, it's clearly LaMelo Ball. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I am so tired of seeing him get mocked to Golden State. It is absolutely murdering me. And uh, I read one from, I think it was CBS Sports today, that was saying that LaMelo is the consensus number one overall pick. No one else should take anybody else. If you have the opportunity, you get this man. First of all, no, absolutely (laughs) not. There has to be a thing called needs-based, right? If I'm walking into a draft, knowing I'm about to get a healthy Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, knowing that I'm about to get a healthy Clay Thompson, arguably like the second or third best shooter of all time. <laughs> why in the hell am I going to take a guard? Why? That doesn't well, make any sense. I will tell sense. you,
1: I, I don't have to take a lamello ball or a guard, but I will tell you that the argument for Lamelo ball is that he is offensively ready for the NBA because he's been playing against other men. He has a great offense. Defensively, not ready at all, but, you know, we'll move past that. <laughs> not the, but this draft, to me, is so like need-based and not top talent-based. It has to be. Usually, I would say in the NBA, you go for whoever of the best talent is available. There's a famous quote about Michael Jordan and said, uh, this is for the Portland Trailblazers who passed on Jordan at the number two pick. And they mm-hmm. said, uh, when we have Clyde Drexler, we don't really need another shooting guard. And yep. They said we need a center. And the Bulls GM says you should draft Jordan and play him at center. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, and and I've noticed more and more throughout the years that so in the NFL, right, you go needs-based or BPA, best player available. Yep. In the NBA, it reeks of just BPA. It yep. does not matter what you got what you have on your team. If you have a kick-ass guard that's gonna be great and he's the best one on the board, you take him and you play with four guards now if you need, you know.
1: Like, um, so, well, they've position so fluid, and then one player can impact a basketball team so much more than any football. Oh, player sure, can. and like, you know,
0: you, you can have Patrick Mahomes, but if you put him on like the Jets right now, like you know, they're not winning championships. No. But if you take if you take a LeBron and you put him on a Cleveland Cavaliers team, that's nothing. They can go to the championship because one man can really bring you that far.
1: Well, literally, drag them kicking and screaming, <laughs> similar to AI. But <laughs> LeBron to do it year after year after year in Cleveland and then say, you know what I miss doing in Miami? <laughs> it's too easy over here to go two for four. I want to go back to Cleveland, drag them four or five I more want, times.
0: I want J.R. Smith to forget which who oh, has the possession and what time it is. Speaking of which, he just got signed by the Lakers. We can get know, that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right, so who do I want Golden State to draft? I have two choices, both of them – one being what I think they would choose to do and one being what I would like to see happen. Okay. I would like to see Wiseman go to Golden State. Uh, a seven-foot-one monster of a man would really be a nice counterbalance to – Golden State plays small ball, yep. and they have for so long. Seeing, seeing a monster of a man down there to get their rebounds, he doesn't – and he can run too. Yep. He can also run with them. He can hit the turnaround jumper – he he is a perfect big man to get their rebounds. Draymond Green I know can play center. I I I'm actually cooling on Draymond. I have been for a couple seasons now. Dude kind of quit on them this past season when nothing else was going on. You know I, it is what it is. I would love to see a like a Steph Clay Dre probably like a Pascal or I guess Wiggins at this point, and then a Wiseman starting lineup that would be actually pretty fascinating to me.
1: You um, know, Wiseman's interesting because. And I really believe that this is very valuable. They're saying that he could really turn into like a DeAndre Jordan, Clint Capella kind of guy, and yep. he can run the floor great, which is, would be a, a really a – one, a very fun fit for Golden State. If he yep. could be a rim protector back there and just like – all he needs to do is rim protect, rebound, and catch alley-oops.
0: It's, it's all you have to do, man. <laughs> just let Steph and Clay shoot over your head. There's That's nothing right. to it. So I think it's perfect. Uh, I th- I'm hoping they go that route. But actually, the one that I'm fascinated with, and the one that uh, actually he has already said his parents have told reporters that he wants to go to Golden State is Obi Toppin out of Dayton. Ooh, I interesting. think I think it would be so much fun to watch those boys play. He led the NCAA in dunks.
1: <laughs> I know <it's laughs> in last
0: season. And honestly, I think, I think he could have drugged Dave, Dayton all the way to the final four and beyond. I think he was, he was hot. He was ready to go. But can you imagine that, like, that, I'm just saying, Steph and Clay, you've got uh, Pascal or Wiggins out there. You've got Draymond running the floor. And then you also have an Obi Toppin. You are going to be sprinting the entire <laughs> game, and there is nothing to it. I think it can be fascinating.
1: I would say Obi Toppin was my pick, actually, for Yeah. Him. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why it'll be – you almost in this draft don't want the number one pick. You almost want to fall because of like you'll get the cap relief and you'll still have a one-in-ten chance of getting someone who could really be effective. Yep. I like Obi Toppin because, like you said, he's on the floor. I actually think he's also, by the way, in a – not the same system, obviously, but in terms of college systems, Dayton's basketball actually plays a very – on a college level, similar to how Golden State, lots of ball movement, a lot of running, a lot of off screens. Like, you know, Steph runs all those miles per game. O'U Toppin would be a great pick. I actually say you take Oyu Toppin, and his defense is questionable His size is questionable. I think you trade Wiggins or Pascal or somebody and give yourself a real center, even if it's just like Willie Collier-Stein to do, exactly like what we said Wiseman should do, catch dumps, rebound blocks. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Toppin fills the rim protector role. Which would give them a whole other layer on defense. Sure, sure. But I think he definitely fills in offense, and he's like one of the most like ready to play, like rock solid in terms of how bad his floor is very high, which mm-hmm. is perfect for Golden State because they don't they don't need an all star. They just need someone to come in and help immediately.
0: Yep. Yep, and uh, speaking of trade, by the way, I just wanted to drop this out. Uh, I read what should Golden State do with the number one pick uh, in this long article and whether it be pick up LaMelo Ball, which I disagreed with, or anything else. Uh, My favorite scenario was that they trade Andrew Wiggins and several draft picks to Washington and they pull out Bradley Beal out of the deal. I got to tell you. Which I looked up and went, first of all, why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) But second of all, it had to do with, like, the fact that they're under so many contract rules with the trade to get Wiggins to begin with and D'Angelo yep. and Russell going away, blah, blah, blah. But I looked up and went, good God. Like, <laughs> that, that, those three guards playing together would just be stupid.
1: I mean, I am, I am so over, as a Washington fan, hearing Beal should go to the Lakers, Beal should go to the Clippers, <laughs> Beal should go to the Warriors. Everyone wants Beale. We have him. For some reason, he signed a two-year extension to stay in Washington after this season. I have no idea why. And uh,
0: I will say it is an absolute travesty. Thank you, Google Box, for reminding me that he, he was left out of the All-Star League game this year. Well,
1: I think it, he's going to be a, uh, an All-NBA guy. It's mail up for it. I think he
0: should be. I mean, like the, the numbers, he was, it was like 30 and change points and six assists a game. Well, I, I think
1: mean, it's no, another reason he's not coming back is because right now he's actually at 30.0 points per game. And you know there's a contract kicker if he hits 30 points a game.
0: No doubt. And he's and so, afraid that he drops like .1 down that he's losing money. I mean, it's oh, like I when absolutely Clay, get it's, it. It's like when Clay re-signed uh, his deal, he wasn't available for the Supermax because he didn't quite make the All-NBA team because Kimba Walker in Charlotte did. Yep. And, like, and also, Clay is one of the nicest guys in the world. But when the reporters told him that he didn't, when he didn't make it, and they said, he said, who did? And they said, Kimba. He literally rolled his eyes to <laughs> his brain. I mean, it's, it's just a popularity contest, man. That's all this crap is. Yeah. But I don't, I don't blame Beal. I mean, do, do you, man? Like,
1: I, I, I don't know why he wants to stay. I've listened to interviews with him. He really sounds like he wants to stay in Washington. In terms of he's in two years, the reason he's signed a two-year extension is because he'll be at the 10-year mark, which means that you get to get the Supermax. And no one's taken the Supermax yet. Of all the teams and all the players, Eddie Davis didn't take it. Uh, Kemba didn't take it. If you stay on your same team and take the Supermax, it's like fifty to $80 million more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I, know.
0: I, th- I think Steph actually signed the first Supermax deal, followed right. closely behind with James Harden. And I mean, like, if nothing else, that's kind of like a Pat Mahomes thing, right? Like you are committing to that team at that point.
1: I don't know. Uh, not for
0: 10 years, but.
1: I don't know if Beal is actually worth Supermax. As much as I love Beal, is yeah. he good to be the number one on championship team? Number two, all day long, he can be it. But no doubt. But number one, I'm not sure, and we don't have the pieces there for him to take that deal and then have no money.
0: I mean, you know, that, that's, a, that's a hard bar to set for somebody, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Steph signed a Supermax deal, but back the last championship that they won, if the game's on the line, do I want Durant taking the final shot or do I want Steph? No offense to Steph at all but he hasn't proven that he can do it in the finals. Like he was, he was doing quite well last year until, you know, just literally every wheel or every, <laughs> every darn wheel on that train just went flying off. It is what it is. You know, it, it's, so there's no knock on deal to say something like that. He is still a fantastic player.
1: It's just so difficult because it's like, we're going to lose this guy over this money that no one else can give him only because we can give him so much money. And it's like, ah, but he's not really worth it. It's like, they, they got to have a mess, but, I will say, speaking of the Wizards' mess, this ties into who I think the Wizards should take with their draft pick. Mm. And I will say, so they're currently ninth. And that seven through ten, when you run the odds on the, on the NBA draft, yep. they tend to jump. That's what the Pelicans were last year. They believe, I believe they were ninth. They were in that seven to ten range, though. They jump up to that one way more often than they definitely should. But, mm-hmm. but aside from that happening, even if it doesn't happen, i am reading a lot of who the Wizards should take. And a lot of people have been saying Isaac Okoro, out of Auburn, basically because he's a defensive guy and the okay. Wizards have a historically bad defense this year. Yep. And you don't need a point guard because Wall's going to come back and he'll presumably at least be starting level. One would hope. That was a,
0: if, if he comes back, I mean, that, you know, that's
1: – Yeah, one day, right? <laughs> but I think they should take oh, – what's this guy's name? His name is Aaron Nesmith. He's from Vanderbilt. He averaged – I did not know this – 24 points a game. He Dang. shot over 50% from three and averaged eight attempts a game.
0: That's okay. Yeah, I mean, reason- I can see it.
1: So as, as a Wizards fan, what's your
0: biggest need, though? Like, don't, don't tell me players. Just say position. What is your biggest need?
1: I believe it's a wing, either a wing or a power forward, which Ernest is a wing guy, which okay. would be either a small forward or a forward, a, a, a three or a four, because you have Wall coming back at point guard. You got yep. Beal, obviously, at least for this couple of years. I think that Rui, which we drafted last year, should be a three, but he's playing the four right now. You Mm -hmm. have Bertans, who's an amazing sharpshooter to come off your bench. He'd be a great bench piece. And then our center, Thomas Bryant, he's either a bench piece or he's the worst player in your starting five to be a really good team. But he's good. I I believe in him. So I think that you slot in Kuro at the three. He's a shooter. You're going to have Wall. And the other thing that's unfortunate with the Wizards is that they have so much money in just tied up with Wall, not to (laughs) mention if ever resigns. You really can't go into a blow-it-up rebuild, rebuild, in my opinion. Because even if you get rid of Beal, you'll have enough money to launch into a full-up blow-it-up scenario. So I think you should draft someone who can help right now, not a project.
0: Those blow-it-up build-from-scratch redos, like they're, they're a pain to watch, man. Philly's just coming out of that crap. After and they're just coming out years. and they're already
1: talking about, should we trade one of our guys that we're already eight talking years tanking. about rebuilding again. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? We just spent all this time here and we'll just <laughs> start again. Just got here.
0: I agree with you fully, man. Like I, I would like, I would like to see, and actually I think there's not that many centers in this draft.
1: No, really, I like, believe in Wiseman and I believe in, uh, Oneka Okonwu out of yeah. Ohio state, I believe. Yep, 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 He's yep, another NBA ready guy. After that, you fall down to the Duke center who everyone's like he's kind of a project and after that it's no one it's yep. it's my guy out of kansas as a bookie but after that it's, it's really <laughs> after after o- o- oneko okonwu you got nothing it's very barren. it's a very guard heavy draft
0: so i mean yeah at this point you grab what you got that's why that's the only reason i said golden state can chase wiseman is because they're a t- they're up enough in the draft to do it
1: oh yeah uh, even they can only drop as far as five even there they still might get wiseman
0: yeah yeah and actually they're saying because he left Early in the season, people are questioning his commitment.
1: I have. Well, so, oh, they, they were questioning it in high school. I read a thing about him. He has a problem apparently with he wants to shoot from the outside, and everyone's like, "You're in high school. You're seven one. Go to the paint and dunk on these fools." Okay, <laughs> you know,
0: you know who's gonna love him shooting from the outside? The, the Splash Bros, man. Because <laughs> uh, God knows Draymond can't. Anyway, oh that's. <laughs> well,
1: you know, I've hated uh, Draymond since all the all the ball shots he takes oh my yeah. gosh this man he wants to kick everyone in the balls and and sabotage their own finals run on purpose
0: so uh and this sounds weird being a golden state fan until steph gets traded i will always leave that in the, as the tagline yep. uh and as a falcons fan with some loud personalities over the year like uh deion sanders and roddy white uh i cannot stand the loud guys like even if they're on my own team, it drives me insane. If Cam Newton were traded to my team tomorrow, I would lose my crap just because <laughs> I I can't deal with the like. What I like are the the quiet grinders who will kill you at crunch time. I love the Clay Thompsons, Tim Duncan, the, the Tim Duncans. I love you know I love the Julio Jones. I I, I love those guys who. They'll, they'll all they'll say is the right thing, the nice thing, and then when crunch time comes down, they're gonna jam it down your throat and move on to the next round.
1: That's right. That, that's like what
0: too. I love. Draymond is so darn loud, and <laughs> and honestly, if it wasn't for Clay and Steph, as was proven this season, he would have been nothing.
1: Oh yeah, so, he would. Uh, yeah, but. So
0: that's, that's where we're landed with the draft. I mean, looking forward to seeing uh, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. This all could be moot, man. You know, anybody it's can actually, move up and get that first It's going to
1: be an exciting draft because it really could justify anyone going on the top 10. But, yeah, yep. I definitely think – I like Obi Toppin going to the Warriors. And, again, yeah. I like – watch out for Aaron Nesmith coming to the yeah. Wizards.
0: I, I mean, uh, once again, man, we're, we're full of hot takes. And if we're right, <laughs> we're just going to come back and remind everybody right. that we're right. So <laughs>
1: That time, again, on the podcast, for everyone's favorite segment, we're bringing on producer Becca.
2: Hey.
1: Becca, (laughs) the past number of episodes, I've been giving you these terms, and I said, this is the week you get it.
2: Yeah, and you've been a liar every week. But this
1: (laughs) week, I really believe you're going to knock it out of the park, Becca. Oh, God.
2: Hey, (laughs) is is that a hint?
1: I was like, is it the term knock it out of the park? Because I think she (laughs) might get it. (laughs) She might get that one. (laughs) I thought about giving you an easier term, and then I thought, I don't want to do that. So this week, good. your term that you're absolutely going to nail a definition of is a triple double.
2: Hey, okay, that's a baseball thing.
1: No, <laughs> <Josh>!
2: <laughs> I was really confident.
1: That's
0: a good guess, though. Uh, just for clarification, Beck. Uh, yes, a triple is a baseball term. So not a double. Tri- not a man. A double, but not a triple double. <laughs>
1: Though I will say it sounds like a baseball term. Totally, that's, a, that's an educated guess. I appreciate.
0: Yeah, that's. I would say like this is the closest you've been off the
1: cuff, but that's so true.
2: <laughs> Especially how nonsensical it sounds, says Mickey. Okay, triple double. I don't know. It's definitely a baseball term. So with that, okay. you got the bases loaded. There's three of them on the three bases that are there no well i guess technically there's a fourth base because there's a home base (laughs) so anyway (laughs) you've got three people on the bases and somehow they each run in for two points apiece
1: that's close uh i want to quickly do a live action fact check there are four bases <laughs> yeah, I, I, said that.
2: I realized you have a first base a second base a third base right but then you have the home plate
1: that's right but now a triple double it's a basketball term
2: no nah.
1: it's a third straight <laughs> basketball term it's a and it means that you get double digit numbers in three different categories
0: okay of stats. So, like so like 10, ten, po- ten points yeah. 10 rebounds yeah, 10 like assists like Except like turnovers don't count point. toward that stat. Turnovers very much cannot count.
1: But there is a, huh. a double-double is if you get two categories. Double-double is three. Double-double is yeah. four, as you can tell.
2: This is all sounding vaguely familiar to me now.
0: <laughs> now, I am 95% sure that one game in 2K, I got 10 points, 10, or over 10 points, over 10 rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I literally pulled down the quintuple double, and, uh, I, and the game kind of broke. it it went like this is the uh uh
2: (laughs) so are you stating that you're a superstar athlete
0: i am stating that my 2k character from 2017 could take down anybody
1: he's a god all right but
0: at the same time 2k ended that so i can't prove it the the, my player on 2017 was officially retired but
2: (laughs) well if you want to know who is a superstar athlete the man, the myth, the legend, Joey Chestnut.
0: Yeah,
1: yes.
2: Has held down his thirteenth mustard belt as of this year.
1: Oh yeah, he's a legend. Okay, pa- passing Bill Russell at eleven. <laughs> he's chasing Phelps at twenty-two. Wow, Bill Russell, eleven championships in thirteen years is very impressive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he's going for Phelps, suck
2: it,
0: man. Suck it, Tom Brady, with your six rings. This man's already <laughs> over doubled you. So. <laughs>
1: Joey Chestnut is one of the greatest athletes in history.
0: How do you deny it, man? Only in America can you be considered an athlete for eating, you know, a 100 waffles in four minutes.
2: <laughs> well, I will say I've got quite a bit to discuss on this Nathan Hot Dog front. So oh, I'm going to dive into it a little bit further and is talk this a about the sport. <laughs> you brought it up.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. I'm just here. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to talk about the man, George Shea that name sound familiar, David? No. (laughs) That's the announcer that you gave major props to.
0: Oh, yes. He's a legend. Respect. He
2: is. And his history, how he got here, is actually really incredible. Let's hear it. So I'm going to share that with you. So George Shea is the announcer for the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest. He grew up wanting to be a writer. And then within that, he had to take a job post-college at a small PR firm and continued writing on the side and never sold a script. Interesting. But he, while working at the small PR firm, his account, one of his major accounts was Nathan's Hot Dogs. No. Once, <laughs> once the owner of the small PR firm died, he and his brothers started their own PR firm in New York and took the Nathan's Hot Dog account with them. Wow. And with that, they used the Nathan's Hot Dog, uh, the contest, as a, it was a small publicity stunt at the time, And they decided to spice it up a little bit with his, like, writing background. And that is how he became the announcer for Nathan's Hot Dogs. That is a legend.
0: That is so cool.
2: Isn't it? And they launched um, the International Federation of Competitive Eating. Wow. So there's the history of the announcer.
1: That he should announce more sports. He's actually – that's fascinating.
2: Well, I initially started looking it up to see if you were right that he just doesn't really have any other gigs, but that's what it is, is he initially started out as their PR guy. Wow. And he's been doing it for well over 25 years at this point.
1: His intro to the whole thing was amazing. If you go on YouTube and look up all of Nathan Tata's intros, they're all fantastic for everybody. But Joey Chestnut particularly, he's over there. And then during the competition, he's like stomping and yelling at Chestnut to keep going. He's like, you're out here chasing history. <laughs>
2: now, I will say on a less inspiring note, man versus food.
1: <laughs>
0: host so, of- we're going to bring up Adam Rickman that I completely lost his name earlier. Yes. Yeah.
2: Adam Rickman, man versus food, retired in 2012. And he retired in January of 2012 due to, quote, gaining a considerable amount of weight and becoming depressed.
0: Yeah, uh, he actually followed that up with a different series where he, like, trained someone to do each episode.
2: Well, and he's apparently lost a lot of weight at this point. I didn't dig too much into that, but I did want to touch on that as well. I mean, for God's
1: sakes, the guy's job.
2: Oh, no, Mickey, really? The Google box says he died.
1: I don't believe it, I don't believe that to be factual. I don't think he died. I don't I believe it to be factual. <laughs> he was on hot ones, like in the last year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh no!
0: No, he's still oh, alive. She, he, never
2: mind. Jk. Oops. He
0: looks. He looks a bit like Patton Oswalt when he gains a lot of weight, though. <laughs> uh, he goes from like, uh, like I could buy him as some like weird MythBusters type guy to straight up Patton Oswalt. <laughs> so uh, that's just a that's just a side note. Yeah, so Adam Rickman, yes, did gain a lot of weight. But when your job literally consists of, hey, go to Philly, find three different awesome restaurants, eat at all of them, and then also eat this five-pound ice cream, you know, like, of course you're going to gain weight. Well,
2: he said that the problem became, due to it being his job, he mentally separated it from his actual caloric intake. Like, he just didn't consider it as something within his diet. So he ate yeah. regularly and then had to eventually learn balance. But that was the major issue there. Um, the,
0: reason,
2: he, the reason
0: Joey Chestnut, by the way, doesn't gain that much weight is because he fasts and he goes on a uh, diet of stretching his stomach with milk, water, and protein yep. supplements. I am curious if he enjoys food. I know that's like a really weird thing to say, but I, I really don't think he does.
1: I don't know. He must eat normally at some point, right? Or does he just practice every couple of days then fast the rest of the time
0: or is he just the worst Backing. thanksgiving guest ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want to eat this hotel right now you're not gonna have about 10 minutes
0: <laughs> all right sorry i did not mean to interrupt the fact check
2: oh you're fine they did bring back man versus food i don't know if y'all are aware or not um he was replaced by someone named casey webb as of 2017
1: talk about cool. a d-lister yeah yeah
2: <laughs> unfortunately i have no more information for you on casey webb
1: just like john levitt <laughs> he's,
0: he's 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 no rubbish wood
1: i'm just saying
2: <laughs> uh, i did have a minor correction for david oh. in that patrick mahomes is not quite 25 really he's 24 yeah he's,
1: dang
0: I, that makes me feel worse about my life
1: <laughs> yeah, i, I, I got confused because when his contract ends he'll be 37 but so i was doing the math well on he's
2: it. 24 he's a virgo
0: Good <laughs> i'm people. not sure
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that I know that now.
0: So that means he was
1: born in, um, you know, March 10th. September, uh,
2: September 17th.
0: But. I, I heard timber, so he's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also with that, uh, the Chiefs had cap space of $177 as opposed to $14. But I mean, okay, as, as, well. as far
0: as NFL terms go, as as, you're not buying yeah. anything.
2: No, I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> So, uh, LaMelo Ball, by the way, was in the Australian League, not the League of the Netherlands. Okay,
0: thank I, you. No, he they did play in some other
1: the, league. The, the Lithuanian. The, the Ball,
0: the Ball, there you go. I was like, the Ball brothers did play in a league where they didn't know the language of anyone there. So Right. Like that, I
1: okay. believe that RJ Hampton is in the New Zealand League. But okay. I'll let that uh, be unfact-checked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <But Yeah. anyway. laughs> Um, New Orleans was slotted at seven, not number nine as well.
1: well there you go. Minor
2: fact check. And then my last comment, not so much a fact check, but I just want to say that I do not personally support picking a fight with Draymond Green.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's more of an advisement than it really is.
2: <laughs> yes. I just want to let Mr. Green know that I respect him as an individual and I do not support my husband's stance in which he is very strongly, clearly wanting to pick a fight with Draymond Green.
0: I want him to know. I'm going to double down and say, I am not scared of Draymond Green. And if you want to bring that heat to North Carolina, I will meet you.
1: (laughs) I will say, Greg, if you do fight him, I'd wear a cup.
0: (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Well, that about wraps it up for episode four of our podcast. If you like what you heard, please, please click like, click subscribe, share with your friends, send it and carrier pigeon to someone if you have to. Get us some listeners. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at outdevour underscore league. And please check in next week when we start talking about God only knows what, but we're probably going to take some weird opinions on it. So thank you all very, very much.